Stories with Sash podcast, the podcast in which we try and solve motoring-related problems and other bits and pieces as well. Today is actually a very special podcast because, well, I'm not going to mention Mike because he's part of the sort of podcast. I'm not special yeah. anymore, is it? Yeah. Not really, no. No, I chat with you enough now, so it's kind of, you know, it's you're part of the furniture now, but it's all good. But we have got another very special guest, uh, a friend, a close friend of Mike's and I've known Ollie for a while as well. He is Ollie. Welcome, Ollie, to the Stories Hello. of Sash podcast. You must be absolutely thrilled and riveted to be on this. Well, let's face it, a very successful and uh, an expanding I think, pro- I think probably, podcast. Probably the peak of my life so far. The, well, I'm yeah. glad you're taking it really seriously. Height of the mountain, yeah. All downhill yeah. from here, mate. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, we do get a lot of requests from people. You know, we do tend to do short lists. Uh, you know, people coming on. It's only really the you know the elite that actually make it on. So um, it's tough. It's all flattened. Well, uh, oh, we lost. Oh, we, we we it's it's good. We're back on. We're fine. It's all right. I can edit that out. Um, no, no, it's it's uh, no, it's really it's really it's really good to have you on. So the big question is, um, how have you been? What's been going on? Because me and Mike are sat in you know let's face it, miserable England at the moment middle of november not much really going on we're in the middle of another lockdown whereas you well you're on the other side of the planet yeah hiding away over in canada um canada. yeah moved here to ski wow. hide away from real responsibilities you two of your proper jobs and me here to ski. <laughs> um, yeah i think you made a bad I'm decision fast. there mate <laughs> <laughs> well i mean so 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 how long have you now been out in canada three years three years now three years Blimey, blimey, and all time just—I say just, but skiing, like always. Well, in Whistler, yeah, yeah, it was skiing related, and then was going to move around in the summer and do other things, maybe maybe do back to back winters, go to New Zealand. But the summers here are almost as good. Just unbelievable lakes, mountains, hiking, biking, just mm-hmm. truly wonderful place. Like, yeah. Whereabouts in Canada are you specifically? Sorry, I'm, I'm not. An hour and a half above Vancouver in British Columbia in a place called Whistler. It's like the number right. largest ski resort in well, in terms of terrain in, in North America. Um, probably one of the best. And it's quite nice because when I went to ski resorts in Europe, you get into like a bubble. You feel like very isolated and alone. But here, like, I, I drive an hour and a half to Vancouver and see Jay-Z, Jay-Z perform on the stage. It's like, oh, uh, <laughs> feel a bit more no. normality. That's a good point, actually, because I had a I have a friend of mine who actually did a ski season a few years ago now, and he was in um, Val Torrens, which I suppose is one of the sort of go to ones in Europe. I, I mean, I, well, yeah. I, yeah, I know nothing about skiing. I also just like to point out as well, never been. I this is good. Now you're you're out of your zone, your own podcast. This is how I'm going to be talking about cars. Well, well, <laughs> well, yeah, we'll go on to that. We'll go on to that. Actually, maybe we can educate each other in the field. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's a uh, literally I know nothing about it at all, and I've always been slightly intrigued uh, about skiing. I mean, Mike, have you ever done any skiing? Not skiing, no, but snowboarding, yeah. Ah, you're a board. Because correct me if I'm wrong here. Somebody told me that. Let me think if I got this right way around. Skiing is easier to pick up, but harder to master, and boarding's the other way around. Or have I confused it the other way around? That's completely spot on. So, like, generally with boarding, it'll take like a a week or three, three to four days of just falling on your ass, and then when you manage to link turns, you'll uh, you'll uh, then be like perfectly um overnight yeah Um, basically as soon as you link turns you're like oh everything is okay with skiing you're constantly perfecting carving and yeah right right well you know what maybe i might have to get myself actually i have actually got a set of skis actually Uh, i've never been to no (laughs) there's good reason behind this when i moved into my current house um they were just in the utility room and they didn't belong to anybody so you claimed them as yours Pretty much, yeah. I mean, then I don't think they're particularly good. Somebody's informed me that they're cross-country skis. Does that? That's very different, Sash. So cross-country uh, skiing oh, is right. only on flat, flat surface, right? So, so it's for like traveling. Like you, you do like a kind of snowscape kind of motion with your 
with your with your skis and you go along mm. flat. It's like more of an exercise. It's what they do in the biathlon at the Olympics, you know, when they shoot the guns and Ah right, okay, I'm with you. See, I know I told you how little I knew about it. But I mean <laughs> what so right, okay. Just because I'm fascinated, but I know this is a car podcast and people are probably oh, like, what are you on about? But so have you always been a skier? Like how long have you been uh, skiing? No, I, went a few, I went a few times with my family when I was younger and then one time when um, uh, with, my, with my school. But I went with my school first day into the trip, snapped my farm. Couldn't ski that whole week. Um, but then at uni, I got involved with the ski society, managed to squeeze Mike into it as well, get him involved. And then I remember this. And then, yeah. Um, yeah, went on five trips at uni, got hooked, did a season in France and then season in, and went to go to Canada for a year or two. Now I've got permanent residency here and don't plan on leaving, really. Maybe do a season oh, in Japan. Maybe go to New Zealand. Yeah, kind of overtook biology in my life. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, bi- I, I, skiing definitely sounds a bit more appealing to me. Um, so, well, that's, do you know what? I'm really interested and intrigued by uh, by by this whole thing, um, and I just think, would you reckon? Well, actually, first of all, I want to know: is Mike any good at boarding or skiing? Um, Shocking at, skier, the t- mate. At, at the time when we went, we, we were all pretty similar, but right now, I probably think he's bad. No, mm. yeah, you know, three three years of skiing every single winter, I'm I'm just as good as Ollie still, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well. Well, I mean, that's that's all well and good. I mean, Mike, I would, you know, have because at this point in the podcast, we normally ask, you know, what we've been up to in the week, anything interesting going on. So obviously, Ollie, you've been skiing, skiing the slopes, which is I have, very no, interesting. We're not, we're not open yet. So I was going to actually go on a trip to Banff, Lake Louise, um, but they've introduced new COVID regulations and I didn't think it was the right thing to do, but mm. I'm regretting that I could be on the slopes right now. But. Actually, on the subject of the c word because it's been brought in now um what's it been like over in canada in general so pretty like bc's been pretty low like in general with cases and stuff um we generally done dealt with really well everyone dealt with lockdown really well and then it's been moved out a bit more um definitely better than the uk um uh and the, the i think the big problem they have though is bc has a like stupidly low number of respirators right so, They've been super cautious with numbers getting, like, because they knew that the amount of people that would need respirators if it did outbreak would be more than they have. Right. So I think they've been quite cautious on it. It's been really good, but at the moment, I think post Halloween, there's been, you know, Halloween's a huge thing in North America. It's, it's really, I think we're seeing the effects of that coming on. Right. Now. And so they're, I think they're going to introduce another little lockdown before the winter season. But generally, mm-hmm. it's been pretty, pretty good here. sounds good sounds like you just said that sounds a lot better than what we've been uh, experiencing in the in the uk but never mind it is what it is so what mike what have you been up to in your lockdown just quickly uh nothing as fun as ollie by the sounds of things you guys are locked down now aren't you yeah yeah Yeah. we've been um this is our well we haven't been in lockdown for that long really it's only boris is saying it's only gonna be start of last week wouldn't it Um, last week end of last week sorry last thursday we went into lockdown um lockdown in um, inverted commas but um yeah i mean it's it's i don't know i don't know about you mike but it i mean for me personally i mean i've been going to work for some time nothing's changed that the only thing which is really annoying now at work is that i have to now wear a mask it's kind of they employed the pub rule um that we had in the uk which is basically if you're sitting down at your table and you're eating and you're drinking and in my case, eating, drinking or working or whatever, you don't have to wear a mask. But if you want to go to the toilet, you have to wear a mask, which is really annoying. But at the same time, everywhere else is doing it. And I was only saying the other week how it's a bit weird that you're going into an enclosed building at work and you don't have to do the same rules as pubs. But then at the same time, we're not on top of each other like people are in pubs. So it's a bit Everyone's still learning, aren't they? Learning what the right rules are, what's working, what doesn't work, what people will actually follow. So, yeah, yeah. It's just it's just getting used to it, really. Uh, I suppose. But sorry, Mike, you, I've interrupted you. <laughs> no, that's okay, Sash. Your it's your podcast. You can talk when you want to. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's freedom of speech here, you know. Um, so, anything of interest or not really? A little bit. 
you know, Ooh. of, uh, of like I said, uh, I think it was last week or the week before, I've inherited uh, an i20 to, to deal with, uh, which right. it turns out, as I rang you the other day about Sash, maybe yes. significantly more difficult than I initially thought. So one of my friends has uh, just gone back to Australia, where he's from. My own i20 is. is a five-seater hatchback. Okay. Yeah, Ollie's Good. on the same page now. <laughs> Yeah, sorry, Ollie. It's uh, someone went back to Australia and they they had to um, yeah, deal with their car, but the flights got changed and bought forward, so they couldn't sell it themselves. They they basically ran out of time, and um, yeah, I I volunteered to take it off their hands and sell it, and then send them the money, and then they got it serviced about two days before they left, and after it got serviced, they bought it to me, and uh, it was the day they left, the night they left, bought it over here, gave me the keys, and um. And they said, oh, by the way, the gearbox is making a bit of a dodgy noise. So started it up. And yeah, the, the gearbox sounds pretty much toast at this point. So mm-hmm. I, I went an iron about whether to just put a new gearbox into it and then sell it on and obviously take that money out or whether to just sell it and just say, probably going to need a new gearbox and just sort of take that into account with the cost. How much would, mm-hmm. you, would you install that yourself or would you get a mechanic to do it? No, I wouldn't have thought of myself. Can't, can't be bothered right now to get a mechanic to do it. That, how much that'd be a lot of money, though, wouldn't it? Uh, yeah, not not quite a thousand pounds, but hundreds. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and the car's only worth what about three grand ish? If it had a new gearbox, about three grand, I'd say. But the thing, the question I have is: is it actually the gearbox? Well, I did have a ring around. And I did because, yeah, like, like I said, it was it was either going to be the clutch or the gearbox. And I've got conflicting ideas from different mechanics and from different people. So I still have no idea. It could be the clutch, could be the gearbox. I personally err on the side of clutch. I've also got a couple of mechanics who have said it's possibly the, or probably the clutch yourself who thinks it's the clutch. But then I've got mm. also a couple more mechanics who say it's probably the gearbox. So I probably should just go and take it and get it actually uh, investigate it a little bit better uh, yeah that's what i would do i mean a clutch is not cheap either but it's certainly less expensive Wait, it, than a yeah. gearbox replacement it's about less than half the price sure. yeah do, do you pay is it similar uh, I, I never had a car in england so do you pay do you pay for them to inspect and you pay for them and then they'll let you know how much it's going to cost um with a lot of jobs yes but with clutches uh it tends to be no because you can sort of feel what's going anyone who knows anything about sort of clutches and gearboxes which a lot of these garages specialize specifically in clutches and gearboxes so they will just take it out for a drive for free and then obviously they'll tell you what work needs doing and you'll hopefully get them to do it is what their, is what their thoughts are you have the luxury of choice of going to different garages because where there's not many things out here we have like two and they're both really average mm. so it's, like, <laughs> it's uh... just it's... Yeah, there's a few dozen kicking around uh, in Bristol. Well, I think, Mike, you're going to have to keep us updated with the progress on the i20 because I'm intrigued. Um, I just want to get rid, to be honest. I thought it was going to be a simple case of, you know, I'll chuck an advert up on Gumtree, sell it, see you later. Nope. Do you know what? And I won't go into it in any detail now, but I did a very similar thing for another friend of mine uh, selling a Ford KA, and I thought it was going to be a very simple, quick sale, but it just wasn't for various reasons. Um, these things usually are, but sometimes they can just they can just be a bit of a faff. But it is what it is. You yeah. know, yeah, it will yeah. get sorted. That's the main thing. Hopefully now, so. Well, I think, obviously, Ollie, you've just alluded to the fact that, well, we touched upon it at the beginning of the podcast that you're, uh, I think it's safe to say, don't know a lot about cars. Is that is that is that a fair? Comment? Yeah, well, I've never I've never been. A lot, I watched Top Gear as a kid, but I was never really never really wanted a nice car. I knew Michael was wanted a fast, fancy car like that, but I've never 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 my cup of tea. I just always like wanted one for the 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 use of having a car. Mm-hmm. And you've I've said just... you you never owned a car when you were in England. No, I just passed my test just before I flew out to Canada. Oh, uh, wow. So then I didn't drive here for a bit. And then um, me and my ex got a, we got a Buick Rendezvous. Do you know that car? I've heard of the Buick Rendezvous. I might have to give it a quick Google just to remind myself of the shape. But they're big, aren't they? It's, yes, because most cars here, the base, main reason people have them, they have a big truck because North Americans love trucks. Or... Um, like an SUV or something like that that you can sleep in the back so you can go camping or go anywhere wow. you want. It kind of looks like a dog, you know, when a dog puts its bum in the air. 
when it puts its head down. Oh. It's got a really big booty. It's like raised. Yeah. Back. I'm not going to lie. It's not the prettiest thing I've ever seen, but it, it, is, it, um, is it a utility vehicle though, Sash? That's the question. Oh, no, we're not going there, Mike. Um, okay. <laughs> this is, it's time to listen to, to Ollie because he's got all the stories today. Um, there, there wasn't too much of that car, but then recently, recently I've um, inherited uh, a 2007 Ford Focus. Oh. Yeah. That's a prime vehicle, that is. I do like Nick, it. Nicknamed affectionately the Red Dragon. The Red Good. Dragon. It's, it's a burgundy, burgundy, uh, burgundy colour scheme. And it's, um, yeah, it's a, it's a wagon they call here. I think they're called estates in England. Yeah. 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 Do you know what? Uh, Funny enough, we only had a conversation about that a couple of weeks ago. Again, it, this was Mike's idea, but um, yeah. So, so it's a wagon. It's an estate. Okay. I'd, I'd love. I love saying the word wagon. I've got a wagon of a car. Big wagon. This <laughs> <laughs> reminds me of like horse and cart. But the Ford Focus estate wagon, whatever you want to call it, it's kind of like a halfway house, isn't it? It's not like a full estate because that'd be the Mondeo estate. It's like a. Mm. It's just an extended Focus, as far as I'm aware. Mm. What's what's your two guys' thoughts on the Focus? Because everyone everyone that knows a bit about cars that I've got this car either loves it or hate it. Seems a bit like a Marmite. Uh, I'll let you go. Just first, Mike. Yeah, just like the standard Ford Focus is, in my eyes, an absolute workhorse. Like it will just go and go and go and won't break. And then obviously the the one that a lot of people go on about being like an amazing car is the Focus ST, which I'm sure it is. But I literally don't know anyone who owns one because they're unbelievably expensive. Mm, mm. but yeah, yeah the normal focus is just proper workhorse yeah i don't i don't i don't um you know similar to what mike's just said I, I don't have anything against the focus the focus is just like especially in the uk it's just part of the backdrop it's kind of like um i think celery is a bit of a harsh and that you know uh comparison but it's it yeah it's just it's nothing wrong with it i don't think it's the most exciting car in the world but they are just used as family runarounds or whatever it's i mean celery yeah uh, that's what i've got from that. yeah i mean i do, I I do quite like that analogy yeah it's more, <laughs> more like i'd say like a pastry you know it holds it holds the pie together it's, it's not the bit you concentrate on but it, it would feel a yeah. bit wrong if you didn't have it <laughs> it's just part of the backdrop i mean nobody's yeah. ever going to turn around and go god look at that focus like it, it's i mean unless mike just said it's like a sporty one or whatever but people did originally the original focus which came out you know uh, good few years ago now in the last millennial people actually said it was the best driving hatchback of them all in that class and people praised the way they, and focuses do drive actually quite nice i've driven a couple well, when i was at college i remember a lot of people had focuses and yeah. a lot of people just that was their first car or mm-hmm. sort of it's because there's so many of them they're like ultra cheap as well yes very very cheap very cheap um and actually pretty pretty reliable as well from what i've heard i don't think they're too bad the old focus yeah um so so you've got that now so yeah i inherited this car off my mate gave it to me for free um oh okay yeah so there's a few things that i've i had with it the little quirks so the driver's side door handle on the outside it wouldn't open it right the brake lights didn't work Okay. okay um and then if and to drive so when you change from park to the main gears in that center console there's a little hole and you had to stick a key in jiggle it around before you could change gear because the brake didn't properly connect so it didn't so you have to put the brake on to change gear oh okay right that doesn't sound so so you had to sort of engage the brake before you change gear but the brake wasn't fully only, only from park to normal so like when you start the car you'd put your foot on the brake and then jiggle this key in the little hole in the uh in the gearbox and then it would get out into normal and then you could drive normally so when you say you got to put a key down there was it just like anything that you could sort of yeah yeah Yeah, it was like it it was like a pointy sharp object shaped like a key right good one for that so i had a spare key in there well this is all the things that my friend that gave me the car had worked out all these little quirks and all these little ways to do it that's a real anti-theft device there (laughs) <laughs> got to carry two keys so you can actually start it. It worked. It worked out because you had to leave the window open to get in. Because if you only had the keys, oh, you couldn't yeah, use you the driver's side handle. Yeah. The, the, oh. the, the car does have a booper, like a beeper, to open it. 
but he his missus had that most of the time so he just had the keys so he left the window open but the car wasn't going to get stolen because no one would know how to start it yeah that is actually i was down in cornwall the other day and i saw also a ford focus with a uh with a smashed window that just had a plastic bag over it and i was like someone's someone, someone can nick that and then it sort of hit me that this was like a 2005 ford focus with a smashed window and just had nothing inside of it and i was like no one's gonna steal that never in a million years that's very yeah. true, actually. I think, um, and if, if I'm right in saying from what I've understood, is that it's an automatic. Oh, yes. Yeah, sorry. Sorry. Yeah, I forget yeah. to say. No, no, it's fine. They're automatics. Um, yeah. I drove a manual the other day. I'm probably both going to laugh at this. And I haven't driven a manual in two and a half years. And I was I was stalling all over the place completely. <laughs> I haven't had the, the driving I have in a long time. So obviously I moved here, didn't drive for a year, drove for a little bit. And now I've got this car, all in automatics. And um, yeah, it was just I was uh, definitely learning to drive again. <laughs> that's uh, that, that's actually happened to our friend who often appears on this podcast, Rob. I mean, he's in Abbey's Abbey, and he, they only drive automatics out there mainly. And yeah. he said when he came back to the UK and started driving a manual for a little bit, he was like, "I I I just I just can't. I'm not as fluid as I used to be. I couldn't finesse yeah. the gear change. He was like, I stalled. It was rough. I was like, oh." you're losing your touch but i can imagine it happening to anyone you know yeah. i think if you don't if you don't drive it like especially as i'd only just learned to drive before i came out here yeah. and then i didn't drive for a year it wasn't like i was driving a car regularly and then mm-hmm. it was like i'd learned to drive a manual came here driven automatic for three years and then or not even driven but yeah oh wow Wow. It reminded me of another thing I heard on the podcast about the insurance, because I was going to bring this up as well, but I listened to one of yours and you were talking about it, how the insurance is different here. Because here you can you insure you insure the car rather than the person. Or was it the other way around? Yeah. And so mm. everyone everyone just shops checks everyone's cars all the time now. But it's such slow, a bad idea. But they're slowly working it more towards the English way now. Because oh, more uh... money. It's always about the money, isn't it? it always but is, but yeah. the way is that at the moment is so I assure the car, obviously. Um, someone outside my household is allowed to use the car for a maximum of 16 days a year, but that would mean the police would have to catch you 17 times to prove that they've had it that much. Yeah, about well, someone in your household. Is someone in your house not allowed to drive it then? Uh, I, I think the idea of that is that you get joint insurance so you don't just right. get one of you as the insured driver and then. I think insurance is is always, as as we discussed before, as you said, like it's always a bit of a tricky one um, because you can, and I'm not condoning this, but you can kind of put down whatever you want on the insurance form, addresses, uh, who's driving it when or whatever, and the chances are you're going to be all right, you know, because like you said in your example, you would have to get caught 17 times by, you know, whoever um, to, to for them to know. Which I, I don't know, but it's, it, it sounds extremely unlikely at the best of times, especially, you know, here in the UK. Um, so I just don't, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a tricky one, isn't it? But do you mind me asking, while we're on the topic of it, what, how, much, how much is your insurance out there? That's what I was, that's what I was about to say next. So in BC, the, so every state's slightly different around what they have. But in BC, British Columbia, it's... Um, it's a government monopoly. There's only one insurance company and it's run by the government. What? Yeah, it is horrendous. And so that, that, I, I that would have inst- thought that would have made it better. But well, well that not. institution every year loses money. They're not making right. money. So they every year the, te- the insurance raises and it's so high. And it's either our way or the highway. Like you can't go around insurance. Other, other companies, it's like you get insurance or you don't. So it's like... That's I think wild. we pay. I think we pay over three times the amount as the East Coast in insurance. Right. I'm on. I, I'm on 150 dollars a month. 150 dollars a month. So what's that? What does that equate like to in real money? 1500. So that's about 1800 dollars a year. And in what's that in Church of England? So it's, it's like um, I think 200 pounds is 300 dollars or something. About two thirds. So you're looking at about. 1200 quid 1200 quid Blimey, but it's I mean... like you see how cheap it is in the east coast or like even alberta's cheaper it's just that yeah it's not run well the system and it's like why wouldn't you if you're not making money from it i don't know why you wouldn't <laughs> yeah. do you get things like no claims bonuses and does it go down with age or, or is it literally just like a flat yeah, rate yeah yeah no, it it? like 
so they the have they have expensive they have learners novice then past and then there's different ones of that as well mm-hmm. um and then they have other other factors in there as well um age uh if you've driven for 10 years with no claims you get a big discount i think yeah okay. right then then that's another thing on sharing cars if that's what you're insured as your friends can't use your car because it's only people that have driven for 10 years Oh, I see. Right. That's sort of a, almost getting towards a very similar system to the UK. So now, you know, we complain about, you know, the fact that you can't drive anyone's car. We're on our 25 and we've all got our own insurance that we can drive anyone's car. Mm-hmm. Admittedly, only third party, but we can do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I um, what, what I just can't get my head around is the fact that you said that in BC, how there is only one insurance yeah. company. So you have no choice because... Because yeah. Yeah, in the UK, like, because whenever I get, I mean, I've had it not recently, but a few years ago, you know, you get the insurance renewal from your current provider and they're trying to rip you off and you ring up and going, well, I'm just going to leave you because I can get it for half the price elsewhere. But I've got that choice, you know, but if they just, if Direct Line, for example, who's, who I'm insured with said, this is the price and we're the only insurance company in, you know, hot, you know, wherever I am, um, then I just I don't know what I do. I just I just find that a very weird concept. Yeah, it's, it's, like it every... it's like it's like you have to do it. It's like, do you want to drive? Yes. Well, then I have to. Yeah. But it's not like that in every state. every state slightly differently, but I think a lot of them are government run. I'm not 100 percent sure on that, but I'm pretty right. sure. See, that was something that I was sort of um, thinking about last time we spoke about it. Is I I completely agree that we should have, you know, like we do in the UK, lots of different insurance companies. But my issue was that with it was that there was no government sort of oversight. I mean, I know there is some, but there wasn't enough government oversight to say, right, these are the exactly. Yeah, I was thinking, why can't the government just say this is sort of the top end limit and set their own government? Because I think it's similar to what they do in Australia there, where there are different companies who do different insurance, but the government also has one. So there's always like a um, there's yeah, always an alternative. It's, it's the fact that they're the only one, so they can put yeah. it at the price they want. Yeah. That's not bad. Yeah. That's ridiculous. Um, yeah. So the car, the Red Dragon. Yeah. We sidetracked quite a bit. Yeah. Yes. Um, so, yeah, the driver's side door handle was, sorry, the, the brake lights were my most pressing issue. So that's yes. what I went to first. Mm-hmm. And then I, so I've, I've been research, I was researching what I could do to fix it. Obviously, I found out there's three things with brakes that's usually wrong. Well, four of you include wiring. But obviously, check the, check the bulbs at the back. Bulbs were good. Uh, went to go check the brake switch. Realised the car had no brake switch attached to the to the brake. So I was like, oh. I've solved it. Sort of the problem. Yeah. Went to Lordco, got a new brake switch, um, put it in. Still didn't work. I was like, God. Uh, and then ended up uh, checking all the fuses found that there was three fuses blown nice um and then change them and then what this is a question for you two what fuse would you say for lights what number what voltage voltage uh do you mean amps current amps. rather but yes no i'm with Sorry. you um lights i wouldn't say because normally it goes, if I'm right in saying, is it goes in multiples of three, three, six, nine, twelve, fifteen. Well, the ones, the ones that oh, I have, they do, they do fives seven, in there as well. Seven point five, fifteen, twenty, thirty, fifty. Oh, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it's more than a. I wouldn't even said more than a fifteen. Um, to 7. be honest. 5. Well, I, this is the thing. The the man, the Ford Focus manual said seven point five, and there was one of them already in that had blown, mm-hmm. and then I put another one in that blew. I put a ten in that blew. And then I put a 15 in and it, it seems to be working fine. It seems to be working now. I mean, if it was supposed to be a 7.5 and it's blowing, that means there's something else horribly wrong. Oh, my oh. God. We, we go into a deeper hole here. So <laughs> <laughs> um, I, managed to, I managed to change the fuses and the brake lights were working again. I was like, yes, this is, this is, I'm, I'm a genius. I fixed the car. This is the first mm-hmm. time. <laughs> I mean, that is an achievement. I mean, I, 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 I certified mechanic. Yeah. I know your pain. I've been there many times, actually. Um, then I've been playing around with a few more things. And so when, when I put the rear, rear lights on, the lights that are always on at night time, sometimes when I brake, the, the, the brake lights will stay on as well. So there will be no brake lights again. That happens like once every 
11 times I go out. So that's a funny one that happens. I'm trying to work out. So there's something to do with the wiring, maybe it's shorting or just leaving it constantly on, which I need to maybe retrack all the wiring. And the other thing is um, uh, sometimes when it's on the norms to to break, the dashboard lights and the lights for all the like heating, whenever I break, they'll all light up. Good. (laughs) Really? (laughs) Yeah. It like, honestly, it sounds like a bit of a practical joke. I'm not going to lie. I mean, you've probably seen it, Sash, when you, when you wire someone's uh, horn up to their indicators. When the indicator <laughs> yeah, goes off, the yeah. horn goes off. It sounds yeah. like someone's done that to your car. <laughs> Basically, that's what, yeah, seems like that. Um, but it was quite fun fixing that. And then um, a really funny story with it. I was I was driving out of Embark where I work at a hotel. And because um, it's a bit of a beta car, I didn't really mind. I was just driving. And I caught, I caught a little... Uh, post on the way out I was like oh, I should probably go check because it's my hotel got out door closed behind me check the damage not really anything I cared about I was like okay cool went to go back in the car obviously the driver's side door handle doesn't work the outside yeah. uh, right. there I am locked out my car with the car still running uh, yeah so uh, <laughs> um, luckily I was at the hotel so I called the maintenance boys down we managed to get a hammer into the door and a chisel, got a coat hanger down to try and open the door. Um, couldn't get enough force to open the open the door. Uh, also oh. with the driver's side, we tried to open the boot boot release button, but again, yeah. not enough force. And then um, I had to call one of my other friends that works there down, he's a locksmith. And he was like, well, you don't really use your boot, do you? So we ended up drilling through the boot lock right. <laughs> to get in, yeah. to get me back. The, meanwhile this whole time this is happening i'm parked in the middle of the main entrance to our hotel at check-in <laughs> time um with loads of people saying god why is someone parked there and i'm like yeah, that's, how that's inconsiderate they're leaving their engine running too why haven't they done that <laughs> nobody's in the car <laughs> <laughs> but this is going to sound like a silly question ollie but why couldn't you just use the passenger door? why can you just open it from the passenger door because they're, they're all locked, aren't they, when you're driving? Right, it's got oh. one of those ones on it. So obviously the driver's side door is the one I left. So when I opened that, it opened. But obviously I can't open it from the outside because it's that door handle is the one that's broken. I and I had is... the electronic booper on me as well. But for some reason, I think when the car's running, you can't open the doors with that. No, yeah. This is going to sound a bit hindsight as 2020, if this turns out to be the case. And I mean, we can't retro retroactively fix your problem. But what kind of locks does it have on it? Is it the ones that you just like pull up and down? Or is it the ones like next to the door handle or something? Like, because you know how like... Yeah, next to the door handle. Okay, so you couldn't even go in through the passenger side and unlock the door and then get in. Yeah, yeah. That's a bloody nightmare then. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. So, like, what, what, what I was doing was I would get in the passenger side and you can open the driver's side door and then get in. But mm-hmm. I couldn't do that then because none, the, none of the passenger doors could open. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It but, does sound like you, you, your car does have some electrical gremlins and, 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 and problems and stuff this like is what that. I've recently, I've, I've been to, because obviously I didn't have a boot lock anymore and the driver's side handle. So I drove four hours with my buddy down to a scrapyard. Um, also, scrapyards are amazing. Yeah, it's where I spent most of my youth, mate. <laughs> it's brilliant. I was, we went there and we were just taking apart random bits off cars because we were really like we brought loads of tools and we just thought it was fun to see. But um, we ended up we ended up getting a um, a new Ford Focus boot lock with a key, but it was for the wrong model. It was for a for a hatchback and my exact boot lock, but it didn't have a key. And then I also got the piece of my door that i needed to fix the door handle because we tried to fix the door handle but the driver's side door lock is different to all the others so i couldn't steal a piece from one of the others right because it's a slightly shorter thing because the key goes in oh blind are you in Uh, a situation now that people often get in with old cars even though your car isn't old i don't know how it's done this after like 15 years but you get a situation where you have to go around with three different keys, one for the ignition, one for the door locks and one for the boot lock. Here's the brilliant thing, though. So I managed to fix the boot lock. But what one of the guys who work at work is a locksmith. So he filed down the pins for me to fit my key. Oh, that is, oh, that that is very handy. Yeah, really handy. And um, he has to take one of the pins out, though. So it's only four out of five strength of a lock. So it's not as four out of five ain't bad. 
it's, yeah. Yeah, it's not bad. I mean, if anyone is interested in nicking anything from Ollie's boot, obviously he can drop you the details of his registration in due course. I and do, you have, have, I do have a lot Canada. of, yeah. Especially in winter when you've got skis, like four, three pairs of skis in your car and you leave it when you go somewhere. <laughs> it's probably worth more than the car, the skis. Oh, definitely, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> One of my ski sets says it was 1,500, so... Oh, blimey. For sure, more than the car, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, Mike, I like the way you said, well, your car isn't even really old. I mean, we, we drive around in very old cars uh, now, but to most people, anything over, like, I mean... It's got a fourteen-year-old car. That's like you know, yeah, that's no, basically brand new. That's that's brand new to me, pretty much. Yeah, but anyone, t- a lot of people I know, turn their nose up anything that's over ten, like over five. Some people they think, guys, oh, it's la- This is the trouble nowadays. We live in a disposable society. Anyway, that's my short rant. I was but... amazed how many new cars were at the scrapyard. There was quite a lot of twenty tens, twenty twelves. I was like, yeah, but but a, lot of them, a lot of them would have crashes, though, so I think that's the big thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A lot of them would have been insurance write-offs, for sure. But what I what I like is that um, you said you really... Well, two things. A, you said you really like scrapyards, and we can go on, go on to that, because I, I absolutely love scrapyards, and I'm sure Mike does. But what, what I want to go back to is that you said you drove four hours to a scrapyard. I know Canada's a big place. Um, that's our closest one, yeah. What? what? Blimey. That is a road we trip. Go, we had to go. I think there might be one around here, but it wasn't very. Wasn't, I don't think we would have had anything. But yeah, had to go past Vancouver. Maybe it was a bit less. Maybe it was three hours. Maybe I was a bit of hyperbole there. But yeah, three but hours. Still. That's yeah, that's a... like me saying, you know what? I need to go to the scrapyard. I just popped to Manchester. Ex- exactly. Like, you know, that's. That, that <laughs> no, nobody would ever do. Like, it's a very I mean... fast place. But yeah, we, we were just. We were going to Vancouver anyway. So thought we'd go through Vancouver. Oh, okay. and then... It's like another another hour probably on top of to Vancouver. So Yeah, yeah. Wow. Really, I'd I'd never been to one before and it was pick and pull, so you go in and I just yeah, I thought it was quite fun. Really enjoyed it. I mean, I like the way you also said that you and your mate were just taking a bit part other cars that you didn't necessarily <laughs> need any parts for, but you know, just because you had the tools. I mean, that's kind of considerate because whoever goes there will then say, Oh, I, I, I need this um, you know, I don't know whatever it may be, the well, seat we, adjuster or whatever for this what, Ford. What I found with there. all of this is I've it's, it's been really fun troubleshooting all the problems and trying to work out what's wrong with the car. And, and fixing the door was really quite difficult, but we had all three of us doing it and it was quite fun. And that's what I've learned is, yeah, fixing You've all these problems. You learn that mechanical parts are fun to fix and electrical parts are an absolute fucking nightmare to fix. <laughs> I found everything's a nightmare to mix, but you feel good about yourself and you're being productive and doing stuff. And... Do you know what, Ollie? You are speaking my language. This is what I try and tell people when they go and buy a car. Because when they go, oh, no, it's broken. It won't do this. And, you know, because I'm, uh, you know, I, I won't go like people. Everyone knows that I've owned terrible cars over the years that never fully work. And Still I always does. say part of the well, well, not quite <laughs> so much anymore. But yeah, um, I think part of the joy I find is when something does go wrong, and you figure it out. It may take a bit of time, but and when you do figure it out, I mean, as you've just said, there's nothing more satisfying. I don't think you know. You feel like a sense of joy and and, and achievement. The the main worry for me was the brake lights because obviously I should be driving around with brake lights. Everything else is different. Like I don't mind, but when the brake lights went, I was like, oh, this is. Mm. So this driving. brings me onto a little question there. Then, do you not have like a Canadian MOT? No, this they is a just, big they thing. Just this is one, like one of my talking points. Oh, there okay. is no MOT system or any regulation of how good quality a car is. So there are cars driving around. That could have been a car right now that should have been off the road five, ten years ago. Because obviously, like you've mentioned, we I drove four hours here. That's a short yeah. drive. It yeah. takes three days to drive across the country. Mm-hmm. So, like, there's cars yeah. that have so many kilometres. Like, two, 200,000 kilometres here is low. Yeah, that's about 120,000 miles here. Yeah. yeah. yeah Which yeah. is like... so. Then there's and there's no MOT, so like there's cars that are just absolutely. You buy cars for five hundred bucks here, like regularly. Wow, that's incredible. I mean, no it's MOTs. bad, but it's incredible in the sense of I'm just I'm just surprised that this is allowed. This is this is allowed to happen. I mean, this may sound like a silly question, but um, obviously Canada is a big country, so I suppose. I mean, I suppose if you go to places like Vancouver, for example, like are 
a lot of places like really, really like heavily congested? Do you find that? Or do you find that in general? I suppose it depends entirely where you are. But like, can you drive down a road in which you don't see anybody for a while? I'm yeah, trying to think like be. car density per like sort of landmass. Maybe I'm overthinking it, but I'm just intrigued because everywhere you go in the UK, it's just it's just always busy all the time, pretty much. You always see a car. I mean, unless you're in the national lockdown, like last time, you you could go, you could drive somewhere and not see a car. But normally, that's not really the case in the UK. Right, Canada's population's 37 million, and BC, the state I'm in alone, is bigger than the whole of the UK. Wow. Okay. Um, yeah. So that's just a rough idea of landmass, and like. Obviously, a lot of the roads you're going to find, yeah, there's not too many cars, especially if you're driving at night. But yeah, Vancouver's just like a normal city. Like you're fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's busy, it's congested. Uh, one thing that's quite interesting linking back to skiing is when it's a normal season and it's a weekend, the queues from Vancouver to here for people coming up are like four hours long. Like it's. Wow. Because obviously it's just one road into Whistler from Vancouver. So people just like absolutely pile up. Blimey. What's um? Sorry, my final question uh, before I forget is um, what what about speed limits in Canada? Like, what are they like? And are they enforced? More to the point, <laughs> that's what uh, Mike really wants to know. General rule of thumb is uh, if you're driving 15 over the speed limit, then they're not going to do anything. Is that miles per hour, kilometers per hour? Kilometers, everything. Everything kilometers. kilometers. Big road is like it's quite slow here actually compared to England. Like fifties at fifty kilometers an hour is quite apparent in a lot of places. Uh, the main highway, the main like roads are ninety kilometers. It's because it's because the roads are like a lot more. They're not just boring straight motorways. They're like wherever, especially wherever I've driven, is like actually winding. Like the right. road, the road from Vancouver to Whistler is called the Sea to Sky Highway. Brilliant mm-hmm. name. But it's probably one of the most beautiful road drives, like drives I've ever done. Yeah, it's just like a fun drive, like bank, like big corners, and mm-hmm. then like lakes, mountains, and that's why I think the speed limit's a bit lower because there's a lot of accidents on there, especially with snowy conditions. Well, I was going to say yeah. the weather conditions are, are, you know, you definitely have cold winters. I mean, somebody was telling me, is this well? How how I'll ask you how how cold does it get out there? So we have cold snaps in January and it can drop to like minus 30, minus 25, minus 20. But Whistler's quite warm comparatively to a lot of places. So usually around winter, we're around two to minus two. Generally, that's the usual temperature. So it's not right. that. Like right. if, you, if you ski in Banff or live in Banff, it's generally like it will be minus 30 consistently for like December, January, February. Wow, that's, that's just crazy. We'd have to get bloody snow studs on the tyres. Well, we were complaining last week. We had a bit of a dip in England, and it, it went down to about. It, admittedly, it did go to close to freezing actually around where I am, uh, about two degrees. Baltic. Was, huh? I said it was Baltic. Yeah, absolutely everyone, freezing. Everyone it's was just... running around and going, "Oh, it's so." I me included. I had to put. I had to put my seat heater on. Uh, you know, it was it was that bad. Um, my, in my focus, my seat heater buttons light up, but I don't yeah. think they work. So. <laughs> Doesn't say, I mean, if your brake lights don't work, the, the seat heater is a bit like aspirational. Well, when I was when I was trying to work out why you had to put uh, a key into the into the box to drive or a, a, a sharp object, um, I took that all apart and I saw that these the seat heaters were disconnected. I was like, oh, they'll work. Connected them in and the light worked. And I was like, they must work, and then they definitely don't. Oh, do you know? But also, uh, yeah. Yeah. Another yeah. thing is that when I fixed the brake lights and the fuses, for some reason. It meant that I don't have to put a key into the gearbox anymore. So that's Happy all. Days. I don't. I have no idea why, and it does bother me a bit that I don't know why. But no, I just put that thought out of your mind, Ollie. As long <laughs> as it works, that's the important thing. Ollie, what you are doing is slowly resurrecting your car. You know, your car is becoming yeah. more and more usable, more and more. I was going to say roadworthy. Yeah, I mean it's roadworthy. You know, brake lights are helpful. Um, in so, the UK, they're, they're legal. So they, you know. they are legal. My question is because I've actually had a very similar experience in my car. Actually, how did you find out that your brake lights weren't working in the first place? My friend that gave me the car told me I, I, uh, I inherited okay. the car with no brake lights. But right, yeah, I yeah, 
I, I, it's, I still do it every time I leave any parking lot. Any time I get in the car to go do a journey, if I can't see my brake lights, I'll drive like up to a pillar and just check them before I go just to make sure. That is a very, that is a, that's a, that's a top tip right there. But, but you can also, but like all, you, most times you're parked at night, you can see them straight away. Yeah. And in yeah. the day, like even on a parking lot, there's a car next to me so I can see off the reflection mm-hmm. or in my driveway here, I'd pull up to a bush or one of the other cars and just check. Right. Right. That's very sensible. That's really good. Um, because when I, when it happened to me, um, it ended up being my brake switch that went, but I didn't, luckily somebody I knew drove, um, was driving two or three cars behind me. I didn't know she was driving. She was like, by the way, your brake lights aren't working. And I was like, Oh, thanks for the tip. Cause I was literally just about to drive to like to Southampton. Um, but otherwise I wouldn't have known and I could have driven to Southampton without any brake lights, which could have ended quite was badly. This at, was this at night or in the day? uh this was sort of later in the like this was kind of this time of year sort of october november getting quite dark quite early so it's probably about 3 p.m when it started to go a bit dark yeah. and i would have got there for about four ish and it would have been well, quite your, dark by then were your tail lights still working or was it everything the, in the back had gone no just the just the brake lights just the brake lights didn't work so it's bad thing to say but if you've got the tail lights it's not that bad no no it's true it's true. About, like but, if you've got no lights at the back it's pretty pretty dangerous oh yeah yeah no exactly but i just think you know it just takes one person to not be concentrating quite enough not yeah. seeing that they're you're breaking and then you could just potentially i don't know luckily it's never happened to me um oh so i'm really glad you you, you sounds like you've been on quite a journey with this vehicle there. oh definitely the red dragons had uh quite a lot of uh um stories of it already um yeah it's been it's, it's been really fun because obviously I, I work maintenance at the moment at a hotel so i've got a workshop and a free time because you don't really do much when you do maintenance um uh is it you quite start modding your car so all this all this fixing's been done on uh, company hours but i've just been in my car trying to work out <laughs> what not working um even better if somebody could pay me to fix my cars that'd be really that'd be really good actually yeah yeah that that was that's why i had so much time to do it because my friend had a bit of a play with it but didn't have enough time really to do it so Mm -hmm. so the question i have is that is there anything up and coming in terms of the red dragon in terms of any more maintenance this is a couple of questions i have for you so there's a squeak on the rear i think it's the rear suspension on the back right Right. i'm wondering i can i just grease that depends what it is when does the squeak know. when does the squeak occur is it always when you're driving or is it over like a like a no so if i sat in the car with it off and i bounced it would squeak a bit uh, i mean that just sounds like it's squeaky to be honest it i mean be... do you grease do you grease suspension or I, I I would be tempted to put a bit. Of, uh, I'd be tempted to put a bit of grease, maybe something like WD forty or just some three and one. Like don't, I have don't, a lot of WD forty, so I just rinse it in WD forty with that uh, remedy. Don't, don't use WD forty. Oh, okay. You need to use actual <laughs> grease because WD forty is um, it's used for like cleaning grease off of things. It's good. Oh yeah. Temporarily, and it will stop it from squeaking temporarily. But if you want it to actually be permanent, you need to use some actual grease. At work, I've got one of those big grease, grease guns. Yeah, that grease will be fine. But do I rub it? Just what do I rub it on? It I on. I would rub it like around. Again, I'm not a trained mechanic. I just like to put this out of disclosure here. But I would just rub it around somewhere around like you've got the shock absorbers, and probably what's happening is when you have like a nice shiny silver steel. Is the shock goes... absorber the name for the big spring, or is that? That's just a spring. So you have the shock that goes through the spring. Uh, Okay. So the spring answer. uh, Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, because then it's going to go in there. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So putting it, I mean, you can put it on the spring. I don't think there will be much benefit on putting it on the spring itself. But I I, I would just, I would just whack it around the shock absorber and you'll see a bit where it just goes as you somebody, if you get somebody to maybe sit at the back, you can just see it like go Mm -hmm. into the big metal part below it. So I would just, have a look around there we can send you some photos if you like have just, you uh, click. got anyone to get have you got anyone to like sort of go outside the car whilst you're trying to find the source of the squeaking and just sort of shake the car 
that's a good idea. It, it can just be like two things quite often, especially in older cars, if they are rusty, which I don't know if yours is. If you get two pieces that are rusty and they should be connected and then they're not, they just slightly overlap. And then if you start rocking, they just start rubbing against each other and squeaking. That's something I've had before. So cars here generally get quite rusty, less so this side, but more on the East Coast because they salt the roads. They don't salt the roads here. Yeah, uh, yeah. But but still, obviously, snow is going to impact it a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah, it could be something's not attached, to be fair. But if you, if you just get someone to go out and just rock the roof whilst you're looking for the noise, you'll probably find it. Mm. Just if you are greasing it, don't get any on your brakes. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, he'd be pretty hard pressed to get it on there. But yeah, you, you'd, you'd be amazed at how many people say they've got squeaky brakes and then rub grease on them. You you would be amazed. Really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, people do it. Also, oh. I'm pretty. When when I went to go get my brake switch and the fuses for the car, a place called Lord Co. Um, I'm pretty sure the guy was razzing me the whole time because I went in <laughs> and he was like, "Can you go to your car and check what liter the engine is?" And I was like, "I don't know." Yeah, okay, look. And it didn't say on the engine. Went back in. I was like, "I can't work out." He's like, oh, "It doesn't matter." He's like, "Can you go?" Ch-? I forgot what else he says. Like, "Can you go check if this is attached to here?" And I was like, "Went back and then." Went back in. He was like, I was like, does this even matter? He was like, nah, it's fine. I've already done it for you, mate. <laughs> I mean, I I think, I don't know, maybe he was. Because sometimes it's really weird. Some Even though the car can be the same model for some reason, and German cars are worse for this, it's, you can have like a slightly different model variation and it can use a different part that you would normally think would be exactly identical <laughs> to the thing. So say, I'm not saying this is the case, but like Mike's car, for example, it's a 330 BMW. But maybe on the 325, for some reason, they might use just a slightly different part yeah. or something. And it, it makes no sense. But Or it might just be a thing of, like, some of the earlier years used different part Anyway, maybe that's what he was trying to do. But it does sound like he was having you on at the same time as well. Yeah. And then I also, I filled the coolant in my car up. But I overfilled the mark. And I was like, I'm pretty sure this is fine. But I should probably ask. How much over is it, like, roughly? So, you know, the pipes, because the coolant's a system, isn't it? It re- mm-hmm. yeah, comes yes. back here. So it was up to the pipes. So I was like, oh, it might start backflowing or anything, something. Hang on. Well, it so does it not just have a little sort of um, float in it? Tank. It just tells you. Yeah, it, it's, it's, re- it's really worn, so I couldn't really see. So I just filled oh. it up right to the top. And then I was like, oh, that's over the mark. Ah, no, you'd be fine. Yeah. Probably. What? That's, I, what, I, that's like... what I, That was my logic. But I was like, might as well ask whilst I'm here. And they were like, oh, yeah, you'll be fine. It's hang on, so you sure this is definitely the coolant, not like the screen wash, yeah, thing. So the cool, I don't know, the it's a bit of a tricky one, that one actually, because I, I it depends, oh, I don't know, not to overcomplicate things, but like you two so are both you, chemical engineers, it's just it's just the re movement of water, right? So, no, well, the thing is though, <laughs> Sash is a precision engineer, hence his uh, sort of <laughs> no. thinking about it, whereas I am not a precision engineer and I just say it'll probably be all right. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I just because like typically what happens in cars, like I don't. So it doesn't sound like because normally modern, more modern cars, like even mine included, have like what they call an expansion tank. So you fill in the coolant in this tank, and it yeah. has like a pressurized cap. Yeah, it does. So it, yeah. So it does have. All right, okay. So it does have it. You'll be fine then, because if some older cars where they use the sort of more traditional radiator system, they don't have that pressure release valve if you like when you so, say all the cars here sash that's quite quite old you say that though japanese cars um from that era still use that system which i oh, actually kind enough. of prefer in some ways but yeah it sounds like you'll be fine just for yeah. just for well, it's been uh, driving fine since then but i was just leaving the car but i was like i didn't know if there was some kind of way in which over that it could go back and it would affect it but that, that was no just... it, it it would be fine as long as it's not oil as opposed to water you're fine wait so i'm not meant to put oil in my coolant no 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 <laughs> no. i meant like don't overfill the oil in your car yeah. when you change it yeah yeah always it's like cooking always add a little bit at a time rather than because it's easier to add more than take out nah. isn't, that, isn't that right mike <laughs> yeah sure I, was literally, I was literally about to make the same comments ash about mike cooking <laughs> <laughs> Mike's a seasoned chef now, you know. Uh, seasoned chef, seasoned mechanic, you name it, mate. What 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 can't you do, Mike? <laughs> I see if I have anything. Oh, okay. Here's a question for you. 
Oh, have you found over the last three years or four years that car headlights have become a lot brighter? It's not been the last three or four years. It's been about the last ten. Okay. No, you... so my point is then this is the, in Canada. I'm pretty sure the headlights are brighter. Oh, okay. Well, I, uh, firstly, I agree with your point. I definitely have noticed over the recent years as I'm getting newer cars, the headlights are stupidly bright, right? Yeah. Um, would they be brighter in Canada? I wouldn't be surprised if they were because just because of the country which it is. Because cars, you know, vary so substantially depending on the market that they're being sold in. So, for instance, in the United States or Canada or whatever, they use different spec, maybe headlights, tires, even the bumpers and stuff like that can be different. Whereas if you go to like the other side of the world, like United Arab Emirates, like Dubai and stuff like that, which Rob, they can, the specs of the cars are completely different. Um, and that's because, you know, one climate may be really, really hot and dark and um, cold and dark all the time. The other one may be really, really hot and sandy. So that doesn't surprise me. But are they like re really, really bright? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, so I've, yeah, it's one thing. And another thing is that I've worked out since, especially in my car, I'm very low to the ground. There's a lot of re like e extra raised trucks here, like stupidly raised. Uh, yeah, that, that was going to be the next thing. Is people are misaligned. Well, yeah, either misaligned or just really high vehicles, which you're going to get with trucks. You don't really see them in the UK all that much. I heard you speaking about mods, Mike, and you'd love some of the mods on trucks here. <laughs> <laughs> Truck mods are yeah. honestly like their own subsection of ridiculous. Like. <laughs> What, what what can we have a flavour, Ollie? What what sort of things are we talking? So apparently it's uh, it's it's popular to have um first of all your truck is raised as high as possible. Right. That's yeah. one of the things. The next thing is big bigger wheels. Yeah. Different coloured rims is a is a classic one. And then with the truck, there's so many mods you can put. So the front it's not the bumper, it's the uh the support thing uh that comes out the front that you can attach Ooh, like bar. winch the yeah. That's yeah. like huge on some Jeep Wranglers and some big trucks. Um, and then there's the whole cab. What you can do with your cab, you can put you can put a house box on there so you can live in it. Some people have cabs. Some people have wow. um, they have things to attach your bikes to. Some people have snowmobile uh, pads that they can put their snowmobiles on. Some Whoa. people have um, just the pool covers. But people get like I know people that are on not much money. And they don't own a house, but they have a sixty grand car paid off. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, wow. I, do you it's know crazy. what? I, I, I kind of, in some ways, um, I think we might have touched upon this, Mike, ages ago. But I feel like the mod scene in that side of the world is just in a different league compared to the UK. Well, I mean, imagine if you didn't have MOT, Sash. Well, <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> do what you want. That, mate. That that's a that's a I hadn't even considered that to be honest. That's a really really good point. I suppose they can get away with it, can't they? Yeah, I mean that's like that's like the number one cause of well, especially in in all the cars that I've known and the people that I've known over the years, is there's a number one reason that you get rid of a car or you don't or you kind of have to you know change it back into what it's supposed to be is because else it would just fail the MOT. Mm. I, I do I do I don't mind these mods if people I know a lot of, a couple of my friends they they they'll drive like however far 80 90 kilometers further into the bush like on these horrible service roads and i'm like these mods make sense but then there's so many people that come up that never use their car for that and they'll have like a big truck that they don't even use to pull or to it's just i'm in america i want a truck yeah yeah um yeah i mean that's that's a huge problem over here in the uk as well because people buy these ridiculous four by fours that they just never use because they occasionally drive over a muddy field once a year um and they think yeah they need to buy this whole four by four so i'm glad i'm glad you've mentioned that point because that that is i think i think a lot of it is i think there's probably safe to say in, in that part of the world there's a huge sort of scene for that sort of thing and i suppose the bigger and brighter your wheels are for example maybe the better you're perceived or what have you i don't know some of some of the ads there's are brilliant for trucks the new ford 50 ram coming to you man pulling power oh god yeah i mean i think um i think what is it they released uh not it's not a truck but the, the adverts in america i think are crazy or the the marketing people because they've released yeah. a ford mustang that's had the initials rtr and it stood for the ford mustang ready to rock 
I mean, I think that's quite, I think that's brilliant, but it's absolutely hilarious, isn't it? You would never yeah. have that in the UK, ever. Like, it just, it just, it just wouldn't happen. When uh, I did first move to Canada, I, um, obviously weed's legal here, so I was smoking quite a bit, and um, I used to just love watching the adverts because they're so ridiculous. Uh, that would be better than watching the shows because, like, <laughs> try and guess what advert's going to be next. It's going to be, like, mm-hmm. drug that's going to kill you, a truck food more drugs yeah i think um yeah i think i think i think you're 100 percent right on that to be fair they they do come up with sort of funny absolutely crazy slogan. stuff yeah. um but uh oh wow so it, I, I do you know what ollie you've, you've told so many great stories and and, and uh, you know i like the way that we've turned this into sort of an advice podcast as well you know about, <laughs> about you know so if anyone else car queries please um you know <laughs> come on come on the show you and mike welcome. seem to have different ways of doing it though for... well i, I was think, gonna say know, yeah we, we came up with no answers there ollie so. <laughs> <laughs> hey look let's let we'll have to edit that out mike we need to we need to come across as though we know what we're on about um yeah no i mean there's different approaches to the same problem um i mean I, I feel like I've got my when it comes to electrical problems in particular, and it's funny how you mentioned because I've literally had very similar problems in the past yeah. as well with with cars, and that's because yeah, most of the cars I buy the electrics don't work I'm properly. Fine with the dashboards lighting up as long as my brake lights work. I'm fine with as long as everything works as legal. Then I kind of yeah, affect me. And it doesn't matter any. Well, I mean, as long as it's as long as it's not a massive inconvenience, like the door handle not working, that's kind of annoying. Um, and you know, I know, yeah, yeah, exactly. That's you know, and, and stuff like that, stuff that actually affects your your driving experience. What should I call it? It's um, is obviously you want to get sorted first, but little tedious stuff like that. It's just like so. My his car, um, it's an old Fiat, and when he turns the lights on, the temperature gauge uh, just shoots up. It's not overheating. It's just the temperature gauge thinks it's one hundred and thirty degrees in the engine. Um, it's the most efficient heat exchanger I think I've ever seen in my life because it goes from zero to 130 just immediately. Well, actually, yeah, or should I say the other way around? When he turns the lights off, it cools immediately because uh, the car thinks whatever. So you're saying so, his car is the future to all our problems with energy? Yes. Much, yep. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Fiat, Fiat have solved it in a 26 year old uh, city car uh, made with dodgy electrical uh, electrics as they normally do. Um, what was I going to say? Uh, yeah, I don't know if you had any other particular points, Ollie, but I have to say, ones that you've done so far have been absolutely fantastic. Um, and I've really enjoyed them. Um, I was just thinking about my car. The, the, one of the mods it has is the muffler slightly broken, so it's a bit bit louder, which is uh, I, I really uh, a good one. I used, to have, I used to have that when I was 17, you know, rusty exhaust pipe. Sounds incredible, though. Yeah, well, one of my friends used to have a car that was completely broken. Like, it was the loudest car I've ever heard. And it was good because you knew when he was coming to pick you up because you'd hear him down the road. So he'd be ready outside by the time he rocked up. That That is that. Yeah, I've, I think everyone's had it at some point. I mean, my car had a, had a hole in the exhaust, my old car. <laughs> and nice. uh, honestly, like a flipping tank. Like, you're just driving down. It's just like horrible. <laughs> Almost like this farting noise, but like this really loud one. Like, it was just... And honestly, I went to go pick up my mate Rob, actually. And he was like, oh, oh, first I thought we were going into war or something like that. <laughs> and then I saw you coming along. And I'm like, oh, my God, his, uh, his, uh, his car's gone. Um, well, I think, to be honest, I think we've, yeah. we've chatted for quite some time now. Uh, I've exhausted think, my list. Yeah, that was yeah, everything. And, I no, and I've, it's, fan- it's, been, it's been fantastic, Ollie. Um, um I suppose we'll, we'll we'll wrap this up in just a second. Um, but I suppose there's a few things we've learned, really. Obviously, firstly, we found out, you know, that unsurprisingly, there's completely different rules and regulations in a different country. No surprise there. But in Canada, you don't need an MOT, which is the main one of the points that I've taken uh, away from it. Uh, what else have we learned, Mike? We were giving some advice to Ollie about his suspension. So hopefully he'll be able to go away and cure that problem. And if you could let us know how you... How you get on with that? That'd be, yeah, like, uh, yeah. that'd be grand. Um, and then that's really about it, and that's that's all we. 
heavily on this edition. Well, we didn't even solve the suspension problem. We just kind of gave some some vague advice. Well, the, thing is the, pro- the problems now are a bit more mechanical, a bit more not suited to me. So I'm just like, uh, I don't mind that much. Maybe I'll mm. grease the, 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 the shot. Not that you're going to have to, but if you need to replace your suspension, it's actually way easier than it sounds. Mm. Um, the car cost me zero dollars. I've put about less than a hundred into it, so mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, also, the thing. shocks are also really cheap. You'd be surprised. Uh, yeah, well, they're not. Steal them off another focus, to be fair. Exactly. Yeah. Even the scrap, yeah. yeah. I, I actually also like because what's what's been nice for me on this is that I can relate to a lot of the stories because actually I my last car was given to me by a friend as well. Um, which is quite rare because I've never really met anyone who's had that before. I've been quite fortunate actually. A lot of people give me oh, their, yeah. their, yeah, their, their cars, and sounds like we've had similar problems. But um, well, yes, chap. I think that is we've we've concluded what we were going to say today. And if hopefully, well, I was going to say normally we make a joke about who our one listener is, but we found out who it is. It's you, Ollie. Uh, that's this week. No one's going to be listening. I listened to one episode, uh, so you can't use me for every episode. So, uh, ah, right. I right. only listened to, I think it was seven when you were talking about the insurances. But... Ah, okay. Well, I'm glad that you found it helpful. And hopefully the people listening, you know, if you aren't the only one, which it doesn't sound like you are, then hopefully the other person who's listening on the other episode. It's Rob. Will... Is, it, is, it is it not Mike's, Mike's mum and dad? <laughs> they don't listen to this. <laughs> what? Why not? <laughs> There's not their cup of tea, Mike. You should get Mike. So, no. You should get Glenn on. Oh yeah, that he'd actually be a great guest to have on. He'd be a great guest, yeah. Why aren't we getting your dad? He's the next guest, right? Pencil him in, Mike. <laughs> see what getting... his calendar's looking like in We're retirement. Getting... Yeah. You're gonna have to get just. You're gonna get have during to a lockdown. Socialize and make conversation then. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I I think um, that's great. But no, like I say, Ollie, thank you so much for your time. Coming on, it's actually been really, really, really good having you on. Uh, I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed the stories, and hopefully, the listeners are uh, as well. And Mike, thank you as always for coming on. I suppose I have to thank you at some point. Um, so. um, but yes, uh, that's it. For the stories of Sash podcast. Hope you've enjoyed it, as we say. And. Uh... <laughs>